Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. All right, Dave. Guess what? We're we're back on Viking Hot Takes. Yes, we are. It's just the two of us again. Oh. You know why? Because we don't live in California, and someone else that hosts the show does. And uh, it's it's eight thirty p.m. local time for us, but it's only six thirty p.m. local time for Flip. So we are going to have Flip joining us very shortly. Um, but we are going to filibuster a little bit. Um, so Dave and I, we're, we're going to catch up because we, we've been off for a few weeks, at least the... the we've been off too. The, yeah. the, the, yes. And uh, we had Ryan fill in while I was traveling to London. So we'll talk about that a little bit. And then uh, once Flip gets here, hopefully in the next about 10 minutes or so, we will uh, kick off the show uh, as normal. But uh, until then, let's let's roll. Yes, absolutely. What's your take? Let's go a Viking on Viking Hot Takes. And we're back, except for Eric is on the screen. There he is. I'm bottom here, I promise. Look, yeah, I arrived. <laughs> um, and we're still waiting on Flip. Of course, Flip is in traffic. But first, I wanted to ask you, you went to England last week. Tell us about I- that trip. I did. I've actually, I have been fortunate enough uh, to attend the past three Vikings games in a row. Uh, <laughs> only one was really kind of planned. Uh, the Detroit game got kind of last minute, like the day before tickets from my wife's office. So when I uh, went and took my oldest daughter to that, that was her first regular season Vikings game. The next one was planned. We, we obviously went to, to London and caught that one. And um, then the, uh, on Sunday, I think Sunday morning at about 1030, I had a relative send me a text saying they couldn't go and wondering if I wanted two extra tickets. So I took my youngest daughter. So I got to take all three girls in my family on consecutive weeks. I think the three games probably took about a three total weeks off of my life uh, with, all, <laughs> with how they all finished. But I uh, can't complain. It, it was uh, three for three. It, it was really cool to see a three-game winning streak in person, especially uh, across two continents. So uh, pretty, oh, pretty okay. great. Well, where did you stay in England? Did you stay so, in a, a hotel or a B&B or what sort of deal? Well, we were lucky enough to have a couple of friends, uh, one of my wife's best friends from college. Uh, her and her husband had just moved to uh, Windsor, so like about you know, 10, 15 miles west of the, the, the airport in London, so the west side of London. Um, so we stayed with them most of the week. We took, um, since my wife was such a sweetheart and she let me do the, the soccer, or the football and football double, we went to the West Ham game on Saturday before that. Um, another win, so I'm, I'm on a roll for in-person victories for my teams. But uh, before that, we went to, um, for just an overnight trip to a place called Borton on the Water in the Cotswolds, like, mm-hmm. uh, like probably about an hour and a half northwest of London. And I that know exactly was such, where it's at. I was stationed in the RF Fairford. In the oh, okay. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, so close by. I mean, that place was. It looked like it was out of a, a storybook. I kept on mm-hmm. uh, thinking that you know hobbits were going to come out of a corner. Like I mean, <laughs> everything has the same kind of like small buildings with the same beautiful limestone, and it's really nice and quiet and touristy. It was, it was a real, it was a blast. So it was, it was fun to do that, and then uh, get the the weekend full of sports in there as well. So it was a, another great trip and uh, another great result. I'll bet. I'll bet. I'll bet. I, I miss England. I would go back and visit in a heartbeat. Like I said, I was stationed there uh, for two years and absolutely loved it. I've been all over England and I've been to Wales, have not been to Scotland or Ireland. I'd love to go to those places too. It's a, it's a beautiful, beautiful place to see. And if you like green, that place is green. It grass grows mm-hmm. better than anywhere on the planet that I'm aware of. And if it's standing still, it gets this green sort of moss stuff grows on it. And it's just green, green, green. It's a beautiful place. London is a fun city. It's uh, lots of things to do. You mm-hmm. can see the sights, see the, you know, the the Capitol buildings, Big Ben and Parliament. You can see Tower Bridge. You can see the tower. You can uh, all sorts of stuff, ride the tube, do things like that. Partake of fish and chips, and some fish and chips are better of than course. other fish and chips. Yep. And then, of course, what I always love to do is drink ales at the pubs because that was a blast. Yes the the one thing I I learned the the um, what is the I think they're called the traditional ales like with much yes. less carbonation. Yes. Not my personal favorites. Like when they say traditional oh, ales, it's 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 yes, it's it's brewed in the old school way where uh, you if you're used to the you know the light beer over over here, that's it's a little bit different than that. It's Even the, the yes yes. And um, since Ted's here, I, I have to profess my love for the, the IPAs that he loves so much. But uh, the, IPA, the IPAs are different there too. They, I mean, they started the, kind of the, the IPAs. They aren't nearly as hoppy. They're a little more – I mean, they're more kind of middle of the road. But they were still really good there too. And, yeah, uh, we got to do a lot of the, the touristy stuff in London. Not as much as the when we did five years ago because we stayed right there. Hey, look what we did. We filibustered long enough for a flip. I was just telling everyone. Y'all waited for me. Wow. Yes. So those bitter ales are usually kept warmer than what Americans are used to. Americans are used to beer coming out of a refrigerator, right? And being cold. And then you get a nice cold lager that's 35 degrees. It's just fantastic. Well, an ale, at least back when I was there, was kept in the basement. It was usually kept about 55 degrees. And they would literally draw it when they take the handle on the pump. It wasn't CO2 pressured. It was a pump, like a water pump. And they would pull the beer up out of the barrel into the glass. And I loved it. That's that's where I fell in love with good, thick beer. You know, it was like drinking bread sometimes, but it was, (laughs) I fell in love with it. And it was wonderful. Flip house traffic. Oh, it's I'm not even thinking about it anymore. We got some hot takes to shed, and I don't have any hot takes about traffic. It sucks. Everybody knows that. That's, yes. that's not even a hot take. Well, everyone's All right. loaded up you whenever say? you guys want okay. to start. Which side of the rolling are we in? We've already we're hit just it. we already did the rolling, so we can we can start that clock right away. We discussed oh. where we're, I, I was lucky enough to go to the last three games. I think it took three weeks off my life. But uh, it's it's been it's been a fun ride. The Vikings are four and one, not in a very conventional way. But I, I think we're ready to roll. What do you think, Flip? 
I think that about three weeks ago, four weeks ago, Eric told me, he said, if they beat the Eagles, I'm jumping all in with both feet. And then they lost to the Eagles, and then Eric went to all three games after that moment. So it sounded like you jumped in anyways. Well, when tickets are there, I have to go. I mean, we were already playing in the London trip, and I got I got kind of last-minute tickets to the other two, and I'm not going to pass that up, especially when I live like 15, 20 minutes from the stadium. So, yeah. And there are three. I got to bring all three girls of my family, well, my oldest, awesome. then my wife, then my youngest. So uh, they're, they're all good luck charms, apparently. So we, we got to keep going, right? Time yeah, to go to Miami. <laughs> keep this good energy going. You know, Dan's telling me, I got to move out to California, move out of California. So let's get the time on the clock. Dan, you tell me which state to move to and let's, let's move quick here. Cause I got a Dodgers playoff game to watch. All uh, right. Question number one, Eric, how much better can Kirk get? Well, this is an interesting question because statistically, I think we've seen about as good as he can be. And that's good. That's His stats are always really good. I mean, that's never the argument. It's like, oh, he puts up terrible numbers. I mean, he's been a starter for a better part of a decade now, and he's usually right around at the end of the season. It's He starts every game almost, and he's usually right around 4,000 yards and about 30 touchdowns, and usually you know, not a ton of interceptions, and it, and it looks great. And I don't think that's ever been the problem. But there are still, I think, even the most ardent Kirk stands would uh, – agree that there are things some things he can do better but i think especially last sunday i think we saw some of those i think ben gessling had a really good article in the in the strip uh about how cousins seemed to take more control at the line of scrimmage and make some more checks and mm-hmm. in, in audible into different and when he saw different looks at the line of scrimmage and it was it was noticeable when i was there at the stadium too i mean it, the, the mm-hmm. checks didn't work every single time there was one where he audibled into an outside run that gained about a yard and even but like it at the very least, my biggest concern about Kirk, I've always been kind of middle of the road about I haven't been a hater. I haven't been someone that just blindly loves him. But my biggest problem is it. there's times where he can just, it feels like he's, you know, Ron Burgundy reading everything off the teleprompter. You know, like whatever is in front of him, he's going to do. Whatever the play call is, that's what he's going to execute. He's going to go through his progressions here, here, and here. And if anything goes wrong with that, it's all over. I think he did better yeah. with that. Even Even the interception that he threw, Especially with his explanation post game, he you know with with the two out to the flat. I think Vindor, uh, or Vildor just made a, a good read on it because he basically yeah. explained how at, with the multi level uh, you know with the rollout pass he had been going to the short pass fairly often, so he thought he'd kind of mix it up. Vildor just made a good read, but of course then he uh, that he he did the grave mistake of mocking the, the the skull chant. I mean, did he learn nothing from Sean Payton? <laughs> you never mock the skull chant if there aren't zero if if the game's still on the balance. But again, I know these Bears aren't the '85 Bears. This wasn't a juggernaut of a defense they were facing. But I, this is one of the first times, especially, kind of felt it in the stadium as bad as things were going after that 21 to three lead. I felt personally, I, I'm like when when the Vikings had the ball, I'm like, I think they're going to go down and score. And, you know, like mm-hmm. you, you hope it's a touchdown and they don't have to settle for three because of the way the defense was playing. But it was, it's, it was a unique feeling. I really think that he's starting to do some of those little things differently and being a little less easy to read. So it's, um, it, yeah. And like <laughs> Ray says, I think KOC <laughs> is getting a lot more out of Kirk and, this is hopefully just the beginning because there are definitely some kinks to work out on both sides of the ball. And we'll touch on the other side of the ball, but I think he can, 
the, you know, this is this is so far. This is kind of what we wanted to see. If if he could, we we said before the season, if he couldn't succeed under this system, you know, and take that next step, when would he ever? And again, there's there's definitely things to clean up, but I think so far so good. This is the best Kirk Cousins we're going to get. Seventeen for seventeen yards yeah, per attempt, worn off the chain, but you know, again. He was he was changing plays out the line of scrimmage. He was getting to the right play, and then he was completing the pass, which is just wow for Kirk to do all those three things, all those three things consistently. It's the best we're ever going to get, and we can talk about the interception. You know, through one this game, five interceptions this year versus seven last year. He's got five already, but again, if Kirk keeps on playing like this, there's literally not much you can ask for. The thing I loved about this game more than just the completions were he was picking on the worst Bears secondary. He wasn't constantly throwing like against the Eagles where we were just constantly throwing against Dar- to Darius Slay. He was like, no, I'm going to pick the worst defender and throw towards him and pick on him. That's all I want him to do is find the worst DB and throw his way because I have faith in Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen. So well done, Kirk. We literally have nothing to criticize right now. Right now. Until they lose one game and then we can go right yeah. back on it, right? <laughs> then, then we're right back in it. Yes. All, All right. right. So my first question for you. This, uh, I think we can find some things to criticize here. Is the 3-4 defense working with the Vikings personnel? I'm, you asked this question because you know it's not. I, just, mm-hmm. I go player to player and I think who is actually playing better in the system than they were last year? Because overall, the defense is not better. And overall, we have more talent this year than we did last year when you account for the injuries. So is, is, is Daniil Hunter standing up in a, in a better position to succeed? No, not working. Is Eric Kendricks, no more mug look, no more confusion, no more no more um, vertical coverage from him. Maybe not no more, but less. No, right. he's not in a better position to succeed. Harrison Smith, out of the box. No, like we want him down in the box, and, and he's a box safety. So, no, it's not working right now. And it's just, I think we're giving them a free pass because it's new and they have new personnel. But, again, the talent is too good for this defense to be playing so poorly. Yeah, it just seems like it isn't a great uh, utilization of a lot of these players' skills. And there's that one yeah. third and ten when the Bears were marching down to uh, either make a 21-19 or actually take the lead. There, there was a crucial third and ten, and both Zadarius Smith and Daniil Hunter dropped into coverage. Yeah. Like, it, I'm sorry, that's not a good utilization of your players' strengths. And and yeah. Daniel Hunter, it, he's he's been way too quiet. He's still way too good of a player, and he's had some pressures. And it's it you know the sack numbers again. Sacks are a byproduct of how the defense as a whole are playing. But there have been stretches, even in this Bears game against a really mm-hmm. lousy offensive line in Chicago, that Justin Fields had a lot of time. And again, like if he's getting pressure and he's making those schoolyard plays and he's rushing out of there, that that's one thing. And same, same thing happened with Jalen Hurts a bunch of times too. You you kind of just have to live with those, especially with the mobile quarterback. But there are times where, and it doesn't matter who the opposing quarterback is, if you give anyone plenty of time. I mean, Jared Goff yeah. up until you know most of that Detroit game, it was the same thing. 
you give them enough time, they are going to find someone open. And it's not like the secondary is a bunch of world beaters either. So it, yeah, it's, it doesn't seem like a great fit. And again, five games in, you'd hope they can make the adjustments. I just hope they make some in-game adjustments because I think the bear, I looked up at the scoreboard, I think, uh, you know, halfway or late in the first half and the Vikings had over 200 yards and the bears had 45 and everything seemed to be working. But then the, the Vikings just kept on showing the same looks to the Bears. And eventually, yeah. it, it, even a team as uh, offensively challenged as the Bears, it's going to figure it out and move the ball enough. And again, there is other things. It's not like the, the Bears put up 400 yards or anything. But it was still, it's, still, it's been <laughs> extremely frustrating. To, yes, he ain't Buddy Ryan, that's for sure. Maybe we should bring the 4-6 back. That's, that's, maybe that's, that's the... Would Daniil Hanner have defense. his hand in the dirt in the 46 defense? Yes, would he be just at yeah. least attacking the court? Would yes, put your players in uh, the best yeah. position to succeed. And I really don't think Donatel's defense has done that so far. All right, what do you got next? We're 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 going over it on that. But All I right, know that would be a, a big pain point. No, hey, it, it's happening. Hold on, I can't see the question because the comments are so good right now. <laughs> All right, on a scale of one to ten, how much trust do you have in Greg Joseph? Okay. Bad week for him, obviously, uh, this this past game. Overall, I'm still just fine with him. I mean, both of those field goal misses were over 50 yards. He got One was blocked. The other one is missed. Again, he, the only kicks, field goals at least, that he has missed so far this year have been over 50 yards. And unless you have Justin Tucker on your team, those are never a sure thing. You'd, you'd hope you'd get at least about half of them. And I, th- I think even after the... the bad game on Sunday. I think he's still right around there. You know, special teams as a whole up until Sunday was pretty good. Like, I think it was one of the strengths mm-hmm. of the team. I mean, especially the kick coverage and everything. And, you know, <laughs> Joseph was coming off NFC's special teams player of the week from the uh, from the Saints game. But, yeah, I, I hope I'm going to chalk this last one up to just a bad week overall. I mean, it was just a clunker. I mean, even Ryan Wright with that 15-yard punt, and, you know, I think it was actually negative yardage after the penalty and gave the, the Bears a touchdown right before halftime. I think overall they'll be fine. I think it was just one of those clunkers of a game. So overall, you told me to say 1 to 10. I'll give it about an 8 still. I think he's he, we're just fine with him. It could be way worse. You see all these teams playing kicker roulette. I think Detroit just literally picked up their third or fourth kicker of the season today. Um, the Chiefs have been had all sorts of problems. I, I know even the undefeated Eagles have been shuffling kickers. So it could be way worse. I, there are way, you know, that defense, the 3-4 defense is a way bigger concern for me than, than Greg Joseph right now. If a couple more games go like this and you know, it ends up costing the Vikings, that, that might be a different story. But overall, we especially with the long and storied history of kicker pain, uh, we could, we could be doing way worse right now. So I'll, I'll, I'll still give it about an eight. What do you got it at? It's too much trust. And that's why I worded the question this way, because it's simply, whether you think he's a good kicker or not, whether you think he's consistent, if you're, if you're lining up at between the 35 to 45 yard line, and you have to pick between punting going for it or kicking the long field goal, Greg Joseph is the last option. Hunt the ball. He's not making the kicks. He's one for five uh, from 50 don't, yards don't hunt, out. Don't punt it from the 35. Go for it. Okay, less, then, then, 20, yeah. then, then go for it. But to trot him out there expecting him to make the kick is too much trust. And they've done it so often that he's now tied for 29th in field goal percentage. It's just not who he is. That's fine. It, it might be, it, well, 
Look at the Gary Anderson year. I don't even think he attempted any, anything over fifty up front. Exactly. Too soon, but like, but you, okay, then know what you, you know what you have then because he yeah he's he's perfect. Know what but you yeah, have. Okay, he's he's one for five over fifty. Okay, so he's not even close to fifty percent over there. But yeah, <laughs> he's he's eight for twelve overall. But all four of the 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 four the misses have been over fifty. I still can personally live with that because that's anything over the 50, you, you, you should probably be going for it. If it's, you know, all the analytics, all those fourth down bots will tell you to, to go for it anyway. So I'm, I'm still okay with it, but yeah, it's not perfect either. All right. Let's go to the next question. All right. My next one for you is which player has been the most pleasant surprise through the first five games for the Vikings? Oh, and so you said player here, which is tough because, you know, the Vikings, I don't think their play has been surprising. I think their overall record is surprising. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the wins have been the most surprising part, honestly. Sure. Like, the fact that we're 4-1, and one, we haven't had a meltdown game, we haven't had an oh-shit game. Well, they, uh, they've had three oh-shit games in a row, but they won them all. They, but they, but this, they, you're exactly right, though, because they, this is... This year, they aren't grasping defeat from the jaws of victory. That Saints yeah. game, I sat there most of the fourth quarter and I'm like, oh, no, we're going to do this in, in a different country. We're going to see that, you know, like, but yeah, they're, they're winning the games. I, I think that's, that's a totally fair take there. Yeah, but player, I'm not going to say anybody on the defense. It's going to be a pretty boring answer. It's probably going to be like a Garrett Bradbury or a Christian sure. Darisaw. Those have been nice surprises. I still think there are issues on the offensive line when they go up against some better talent. But yes, it is very nice to see the offensive line move in the right direction. Yeah, to see. Yeah, offensive line for sure. That's what I had jotted down. Bradbury being a pleasant surprise in the fact that he isn't a complete dumpster fire. Again, he hasn't gone against the best competition in the. I think the, the, the pro football focus grades from Sunday against Chicago, I, I've made the joke, like, thank you, Akeem Hicks, for going to Tampa Bay, because that's why the Vikings had such good grades across the board. And Darisaw, we knew, was good. Like, that, that's, that's not a surprise. Yeah. That fact that he's been this good, one of the top tackles in the league. I mean, he had some pancakes. I mean, he had some – it's hard to get a, multiple highlight plays from a, a left tackle, but he had that against the Bears. I mean, he absolutely flattened Robert Quinn a couple mm-hmm. times. Mm-hmm. That, was, that was amazing. If I had to pick someone on defense, I think overall Cam Dantzler's play has been better than expected. I think getting a mm-hmm. consistent chance this year, and it's not just the, the strip at the end. Of course, that's a great game ceiling play. It's the the you know you show that to kids and say this is why you don't give up because he got absolutely smoked uh, by Smith Marset on that juke. But like, uh, but overall he he's done really well in coverage. I think he's been a pleasant surprise when the rest of the defense has been kind of. Um, taking it you know i think they're 28th in dvoa right now after five games that's not an ideal place place to be but yeah just the offensive line mm-hmm. as a whole i think that the consistency there um knock on wood that they, they haven't had any injuries there yet um that has made a really big difference for the offense especially in these games where um cousins has had to you know even when you you think that he probably didn't you know, shouldn't have to uh, be having these game-winning drives. The offensive line gives you that the opportunity because there, we've seen it where in previous seasons where Cousins is trying to yeah. lead a game-winning drive and it just blows up in his face right away. So that yeah, offensive yeah. line is definitely the the highlight for me. All right, yeah, we agree on that one. Let's go to the last two questions first. Eric, who will lead the NFC North after ten weeks? We know who leads it after five weeks. But who will lead it after ten weeks? 
Good question. I, I did I did take a peek at the schedule just before this, okay. and just to make sure. So there will be a half game difference because the the Packers don't take their bye until after Week Ten, and the Vikings obviously right. have theirs after after this week. So I think the Vikings should still have it. It might be a half game either way, but I I think the the Vikings should have about a half game lead just because you know. If they are, you know, they, they can't be tied after 10 weeks, but the, the Vikings have the divisional lead and would have any tiebreakers, you know, if once they do even out. Um, just they, I looked at the schedule. They both have two similar games or the same games yeah. at Washington and at Buffalo. I think the Vikings are at Buffalo in week 10. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I anticipate both of the Packers and Vikings having very hard time there. I would probably, you know, chalk those up as the way that the Bills are playing right now. You never know. Uh, a month from now, that that would be a really tough game to win. Um, the the Miami game this week looked really a lot more formidable about three weeks ago when the when the right. Dolphins were just coming out uh, off of beating uh, aforementioned Bills. Now we're not really sure who the backup quarterback is going to be, whether it's Bridgewater or the you got. Of course, you know you throw in the the backup quarterback thing against the Vikings, and you know it almost came to fruition <laughs> with Dalton again in London. But so I think overall, like. Uh, Paul Allen tweeted it out. He's, you know, if they can take care of business in Miami, come off the bye and beat a dangerous at times, but very flawed Arizona team coming off the bye at home, that's seven and one. That's, you know, no longer the exact halfway, but the unofficial halfway point of the season. That's, that's going to be a, a, a nice mark to beat. And the Packers, especially, you know, they, they let a, a team hang around in London and they did not finish it. They had, they had the, what we were fearing against New Orleans. So that's, they have mm-hmm. a, a lot to answer too. So like, again, Packers, I think they're, they're, as long as Rogers is there, they're going to be around. You know, I don't think the Vikings are, we don't have any illusions of them running away with the division, but I think in five weeks, just with how the schedule is rolled out, unless the, the Vikings start, losing some of these games. And again, if they keep letting every single team hang around like this, they're probably going to lose one or two, but if they can keep on making incremental improvements, I think they should be leading the division. Do you think they're there or do you think the Packers overtake them? Or maybe the bears are the, the yeah. lions. Okay. Not the lions. They did. They'll never. <laughs> I, did, I did not look at the bears or the lions when asking yeah, this question I. or trying to answer it, nor did you. If you're, if you're in the comments, encourage you to look at the schedule for both the Vikings and the Packers as well, because, you know, this is a, the main rival in the NFC North, as far as the NFC North is concerned. It's a team that we played in week one, and then we're not going to play them again to week 16. So this might be the only opportunity to get to actually ask ourselves how we measure up with this team is some of these common opponents. We play, we play Washington and Buffalo, like Eric said, we play Dallas, and then the ele- in, in week 11, Green Bay plays Dallas as well. So I think that's the only way to kind of gauge where we are compared to the Cowboys is how they match up against some similar teams we're playing. But yeah, the Vikings should win the next three. We should be 7-1, and one, and then we'll see what happens against the Bills and Cowboys. Right. I think that's uh, going to be some, some big tests. And that's the nice mm-hmm. part about with the, the schedule matching up with the Packers. The home and away matches up, except for, you know, of course, the divisional, the, the two games that are different. So my last question, we got a minute and a half left. I think we've touched on this a little bit already, but uh, just to, to figure out what is the biggest concern for the Vikings going forward? I'm going to go past this season. I'm going to go just in general these rookie injuries suck and I'm 
it really it really grinds me to watch other games and see other rookies just even on the field not even not even like sauce gardner and Brees hall just up for rookie of the year but like even kyle hamilton for the ravens he's just on the field and we do have ed ingram so i can't be too upset about that we did see brian asamoah start to get some snaps but it's just so frustrating when you know that pat peterson his time is limited uh we got cam bynum and harrison smith might have two safeties we need to replace to just have nothing from the rookie class on the defensive side of the ball i'm concerned about injuries in the short term and i'm concerned just about how they rebuild that defense in the long term how about you yeah that's that's a great point i mean i feel so bad for lewis because it's you know yeah. again and all these injuries on special teams as well that's how chandler yeah. broke his thumb and he's out for at least the next four games that is tough and again you know we've i think we already covered the defense mm-hmm. that's the immediate concern they have to make some changes there show some different looks at least and uh but yeah, it, it is true. Like building the team going forward when all these players aren't playing, it, it's tough. That's it. On time. Well, not on time because I was a little late. <laughs> but we finished the questions on time. Thank you all for bearing with me. Uh, Dave, you'll have to a- update the, the crew on what's next. We got Miami in Miami to get try to get to five and one. And, yo, we'll see what happens. It's Tuesday. I'm not going to do a score prediction yet. (laughs) Well, it's Tuesday. That means tomorrow's Wednesday, and we have Vikings happy hour at 8 o'clock tomorrow night. Miles Gorham is back. We've got a full crew. We're going to be talking, uh, going over a few hot items, changing up the format just a wee bit. We'll ask you if you like it or not. And then Saturday, you get myself and Darren Campbell, your two old bloggers, been doing this for over two decades apiece each. And we're going to comment and break down the game against those Miami Dolphins, and maybe we'll know which quarterback's playing for the Dolphins. My question is to you, it's an away game. Traditionally, away games, Vikings wear white. But we're going to Miami. Miami, a lot of times, likes to play have it where they wear white and their opponents wear their dark uniforms. Are the Vikings going to be wearing purple again on Sunday? That would be five out of six games wearing purple. Yeah, I would assume Mm -hmm. so. Yep. On Sunday, it looks like uh, 83 degrees in Miami, so I would bet that uh, they will be. Mm -hmm. And so far, they're undefeated in purple, by the way. Yes, this, this year they are. This year, this year, yes. And they are winless in white. So, yes. uh, so we'll see. <laughs> just like the Rams, just like the Rams, right? Yes. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> I'm telling you, the Rams. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta believe in that bone every time. <laughs> every t- every time the Rams are losing in the in the DMs, Flip's like, look, you should have. They should have wore their bone jerseys. I love it. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Anyways, guys, it's been a great night, great show. And what do we say? Till next time, Skull Vikes. Cool. Thanks, everyone. Skull Vikings. Thanks for watching. Like, subscribe, and ring the bell, and rate us on your favorite aggregator. And a special shout-out goes to our partners, the Daily Norsemen, where the best Vikings content can be found, and to Lake Monster Brewing, home of the best beer in Minnesota. Skull, everybody. Skull, everybody.